just wanted to maybe share a, a, an encouragement. Um, as, a, as a boy growing up, <clears throat> there was a, a, a church camp that we were a part of that I spent a lot of time at. And out in the middle of the woods, I loved going to this area where there was this old cabin. And if you didn't know where it was, you wouldn't have found it because it was all crumbled and broken down. And uh, I always loved thinking about who was it who built this thing? Who, who owned this? And um, back in July when we drove out to California, there's places you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's an old gas station sitting there, no longer in service. But one of the things that, I don't know, maybe I have too much time while I'm driving, uh, it's a few miles between here and California, but to consider that was somebody's life savings that they put into that. And now we drive by, and it's a crumbled down mess, or even hardly anything there, or as we're driving around Wisconsin, the old barns that farmers have built, in, in their daytime, they were glorious things, and now they're just crumbled within themselves. And on one hand, we can look at that and just pass by. But I think we need to be encouraged as James writes this in James chapter 4. Oh, I lost my notes. You do not, this is in the context of, uh, do not say that we're going to go to this country and make a profit and then go here. James 4.15, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. That it's healthy for us to consider that our life is but a vapor. It is for a little time and vanishes away. Because I think what can happen is, as I've been thinking through this truth, that that, that verse was shared by somebody who on one week had given birth to a child and found out the following week they had a, a, a brain tumor. And her husband posted and saying, we have no idea that life is but a vapor. And to consider the, the brevity of our life. Because I think in the, in the course of all this, I want to ask us this, what are we toiling for? We can often be toiling and working and spending a lot of energy doing the things which are temporary. Hey, an old pastor of mine said, there are two things that are eternal. The word of God and the souls of men. And as we live in life, it doesn't mean that as Jeremiah 29, we're to build, we're to plant, we're to dwell, we're to be faithful, we're to be doing those things but always living in view of eternity, building the things which are eternal. If you want to, turn to Ecclesiastes real quick. Ecclesiastes was written by who? Solomon. And remember, Solomon, the Lord said, I'll grant you one thing, and he asked for what? Wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, the Lord gave him possessions and blessings. And it was in chapter 1, he begins to speak about verse 2. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, speaking of himself. Vanity of vanities, 
all is vanity. Verse 3, what profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? That phrase, under the sun, is repeated throughout Ecclesiastes. One generation passes away and another one comes. Some might find it morbid, but have you ever walked through an old cemetery? Delavan has a, like a really historic one that you can't even read the names hardly in them. But that was somebody who lived on this earth, who lived and died, and we don't even know who they are. That is the brevity of our life. And so it is, it's good for us to take this step back as Solomon is sharing this wisdom with us to say, let us be cautious to be, be mindful that everything done under the sun is vanity. It fades away. And to consider what are we devoting ourselves to? What are we building our lives upon? He says like, he, gives, he gives himself, and really the first few chapters of Ecclesiastes, it's him going through and saying, I pursued this and I pursued this and I pursued this. And in chapter 1, uh, verse 12, he speaks of pursuing wisdom with all his heart. Uh, this would be a picture of worldly wisdom. Verse 14, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity, a grasping after the wind. Hey kids, can you catch the wind? No. And that's the picture of this life, that we pursue the things in this life and, and we'll never catch it, because they'll never please us. As we just sang, where is our only hope? You were just saying, Steve, it's in Christ. That doesn't mean that we aren't to be faithful to build and plant and dwell. But in comparison, what are we striving for? What, what are those things? Are we living for the things of this world or are we living for eternity? It changes perspective on how we view the things that God has given us, the abilities, but also the time and energy that we're spending and where are we toiling because life is a toiling under the sun. And in verse 17, he says, I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly, and I perceived that this also is what? A grasping after the wind. And so it is, he, he continues to, to caution us. The vanity of pleasure, he says in chapter 2. Possessions. Verse 2, madness and mirth, what does it accomplish? And then look down at verse 10. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor which I had toiled, and indeed it was all vanity and a grasping after the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Now we could look at this and say, this is hopeless. There's nothing in life. But in a way, that's what Solomon wants us to realize. That there is nothing in this life because we will always chase it and we will never find it. But God, the things of this world fade away. So much so that verse 16, it speaks of the people beforehand, for there is no remembrance of the wise man of the fool forever. It's fun to follow sports teams, but who remembers who won the World Series in 1981? I mean, unless you were that sports team's fan and you really know it, you don't know. But in the midst of it, we enjoy it. 
But sometimes it's just helpful to keep things in perspective and to say, what am I toiling after? What am I spending my time cultivating? Is it the things which are eternal or the things that are temporal? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because really at the end of the day, it's showing where is our heart. Is our heart toiling for here and now? Or is our heart toiling for eternity? Again, the old adage is, well, don't be so heavenly minded, you're not earthly good. Okay, yes, I understand that. But I think sometimes that's to, to let us off the hook and not realize the, the weightiness of, of eternity. For life is but a vapor. It appears for a short while. Look at how Ecclesiastes finishes. Jump over to chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse... Well, let's start in verse 6. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain or when the wheel or the broken at the well, then the dust will return to earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says preacher, all is vanity. Moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright. Words of truth, the words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. Now, many translations will have that capitalized because it's pointing us back to the beginning of chapter 12, to remember our creator in the days of our youth. Verse 12, And further, my son, be admonished by these of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Because again, we can read Ecclesiastes and say, this is depressing. No, because here's where he ends. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret, secret thing, whether good or evil. We can get out of balance. I think this is just a time that I think just uh, God's been kind of just reminding me, like, what am I toiling for? What am I spending my time working toward? Again, I'm not saying we're not to be faithful to work and to build and dwell and plant and do those things, but why? Why did God want the nation Israel in, in Jeremiah 29 to build, plant, and dwell? To be ready for his kingdom. To be ready and planting and doing those things which are faithful as he has called us. And so what a joy it is to pursue, to pursue him. But in, in the midst of the pursuit, remembering the toils of this life, they are a chasing after the wind. And they, they seem to be that which we want to find. We think we can find joy. But we're reminded we'll never find our joy there. But our only joy can be found when we fear God and we keep his commandments. Well, what a 